the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Brown. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to yet another episode of the pod. It is getting more and more awesome by the day and by the week. Um, if you joined me last week, I hope that uh, if you checked it out, I hope you enjoyed the three hit, the triple hit, the the triple header, if that's what you call it. We did three episodes in a row for Labor Day week, all about travel. It was awesome. I'm your host, Matt Browning. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, um, I traveled most of the day. I landed in Austin, Texas. I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. I'm finally here at the New Media Summit. Uh, a dear friend of mine, Steve Olsher, is hosting this event. He's done it in San Diego. He's doing it in Austin. He'll be doing it on the East Coast later uh, next year. And it is all about podcasting. So what a great place to be. So lo and behold, I got to my hotel room. Hopped on a, a connection, flew uh, southwest. I love southwest. So flew into Austin today. Got in uh, late night. Um, had a conference call meeting. And now I'm recording the episode late Monday night. I think it's about 1 a.m. Eastern. Uh, so it's just a little over midnight in Texas right now. And I'm hanging out in the hotel room. So what I thought is this week, not only have I put on so many seminars, events, conferences, workshops, and so on, I've also attended a ton in all different capacities as a student, uh, as a guest speaker, as a promoter, as the main uh, speaker. I, I've done kind of all different ways. So I was thinking as an entrepreneur, you probably are going to attend at least a conference or two a year, right? Most people do. And even if you're not, I, I think anyone who's listened to this podcast, you probably go to events of some kind or another. So here's um, what I want to share this week is five tips to get the most out of conferences that you attend. So I'm going to be implementing all of this myself, of course, myself over the next three and a half days. I'll be here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then there's a private mastermind just for the top podcasters, which I don't know how I snuck in this room, but I snuck in the room and I'm going to be part of uh, this mastermind on Friday as well. So hashtag blessed. Um, so for the next three and a half days, I am going to be implementing all five of these tips. You want to get into it? Let's get into it. All right, tip number one to get the most out of attending conferences. Start with the end in mind, which this seems obvious, but here's what I mean specifically. Start with one to three specific outcomes. So sometimes, like, I know in my past, I've gotten, like, wrapped up with the idea of just going to something or, oh, that would be really cool or friends are going or, hey, I'll probably get business and, and things out of it. And you sort of, like, justify because you want to go. So what you want to do instead, though, is when you decide and commit to showing up to a conference, well ahead of getting there, and hopefully even before buying a ticket, decide one, three maximum, but ideally one or two specific outcomes. What's the actual purpose of me going? Here's a couple examples. Is it specifically to go find clients? Like if your number one purpose for attending the conference is just to find clients, then what happens is all roads lead to Rome. All roads lead to, lead to finding the clients. So every networking conversation you have, every lunch break, um, whatever your capacity is, if you're a sponsor, if you're a speaker, uh, if you have a booth, if you're in attendance, whatever it is, 
you could be attending a seminar, but if you go to a seminar or conference attending and you know your number one goal is to, to find clients, then you know what every conversation leads to, what every interaction leads to, right? So is it clients? Is it to get referrals? Is it to get exposure? That's a possibility, isn't it? Sometimes in a certain place in your business or in your brand or what you're building, you know you just want to get exposure and you want to be seen places. I know some people who go to conferences to get uh, celebrity selfies. You know, like that's the whole point. And they go, hey, so-and-so is going to be there. Um, you know, whatever big speaker is speaking at the event. and I want to go get a picture. Um, when I went to speak at the Kirk Cameron event a while back, I had a couple outcomes. My biggest outcome, honestly, wasn't to make money and get clients. Now, if it was, I would have done things differently. Instead, my biggest outcome was, you know, hey, I, I want to I wanna meet Kirk Cameron and get a good selfie with him. Uh, I didn't get a good selfie. I got a selfie, but not a good one. Um, you know, and he's speaking there. I'm speaking there. So I wanted to have the, the exposure, essentially, and, and share it with the database and share it with social media and say, hey, I'm launching my book and I'm speaking on stage with Kirk Cameron and this is what I'm doing. So the, the outcome for that event for me in Utah uh, last month in August was really exposure. Um, gosh, honestly, it was really exposure. That was the biggest thing. So here's another example. You might want to go just to learn. So when I attended this podcasting conference, New Media Summit, in March in San Diego, because I attended, and I share the story often, um, and I think it's so important because I, I paid my money. You know, I, I've known Steve for years. We ride motorcycles together. We've hung out. But when I knew what he was doing, and he's putting together this amazing uh, this amazing conference where you can go get yourself booked on leading podcasts that are at top charts and have hundreds of thousands of millions of downloads. There's, there's 40 different icons of influence coming. I thought, that's a good promise. So I paid my money. I showed up to the conference. And I went to learn. So my number one value was I wanted to learn about podcasting and that I wanted to get bookings. That was it. That was the main two purposes. A third purpose came where I did start meeting and networking with more JVs, so joint venture relationships. Right, I started um, networking with some podcast people. I actually booked myself on a lot of shows. I also got some bookings for my show. So some of the interviews you've heard, I actually met at New Media Summit's conference uh, last March. Ian Gray, if you go back and check out the episode with Ian Gray in the archives, um, the man on the mission to make a whole truckload of millionaires um, and owns um, owns a, um, a motorcycle raceway in Texas, and he's just done all sorts of great stuff. I met him at the conference, and we had a phenomenal time, so I invited him on the podcast. So the point is, decide what you want up front, and that's going to get you uh, a long way, and it'll also keep you away from distractions. So that's key number one, get your outcomes done well in advance. Key number two, to get the most out of attending a conference. And this is along the lines of key number one, but it's different. This is about the people. So I say this, key number two is have a slot for every person to fall into. Do not, do not, I repeat, get in that, uh, fall into the trap of having a bunch of business cards and you had a bunch of meetings or you met some people and you're excited because, hey, you never know, quote unquote, where things are going to go. Have you ever said that? It's a terrible thing to say at a conference. Now, I'm all for being open-minded to possibilities, right? Like, hey, you, you never know what's going to happen. That's okay to have that kind of mindset. But don't go to a conference 
with every because if people are too open mindset that way of, of like um, of open possibilities, what'll happen is everyone you meet, they'll someone will say, "Oh, and I'm working on this and this," and you go, "Oh." That's really interesting to me because I kind of want to do something similar. And all of a sudden you go, oh, we should connect. We should follow up. And what happens, especially if you're newer into business, like if you're not making at least six figures or half a million or a million bucks a year or more, right, um, in, in business, you're probably in this space where there's a lot of possibility and there's not a lot of history of what, what you've made and what you've done so far. And that's cool. That's a great. But don't. Don't fall in the trap of of thinking everything is a good option. Like everything's a good sometimes it seems like every lunch conversation you have is a new potential business partner. And every conversation at, at a table or every uh, in, in line at the bathroom, everyone it has this cool idea that you might do something with. The reality is most of those aren't actually great ideas. So have a slot for every person to fall into. When I meet someone at a conference, Instantly, no one has a question mark on their head in my, in my mind, right? This is I don't share it with everyone. This is just in my mind, right? I don't tell you, hey, this is who you are to me. But as I begin talking with someone, they begin talking with me, I'm beginning to categorize where is this person most likely going to land? And by the time I finish my conversation, in my mind, they've landed somewhere. Sometimes it changes, but it's got to stay. Here's some examples. The slot of client, no matter what's going on, maybe there's other things that happen. Maybe you can partner together. Maybe you're, you know, you're friendly. Maybe whatever. But at the heart of it, maybe you decide that this person could be a client of mine, right? And you go, Ooh, it sounds like they have some issues or they have something they don't want to work on. I do coaching in this. And you start to have this conversation. If you slot them in the, in the slot of client, they don't have to know that. But if you know that, then you know how to, how to gauge the direction. You know how to do follow-up, right? So instead of just saying, oh, let's grab a coffee sometime, unless that's how you sell clients, you might say, hey, this was a great conversation. I'd really love to follow up maybe next week and chat a little more about what you're looking to do in your business and see if there might be a way I can help you. And if they go, yeah, that sounds great, you know you have a prospect now, right? So you walk out of the conference not with a bunch of possibilities, but you walk out with a bunch of prospects, right? So look for prospects, not possibilities. The other option is it could be a friend. I've met people, um, one guy in particular, um, I met him at the, at the last New Media Summit, and I thought there's all sorts of things that could happen, right? We have a lot of common interests. Um, we might end up still being guests on each other's shows, and, and who knows what else, right? There's all this neat stuff. But at the end of the day, I looked at this guy and thought, I just want to be his friend. He's really cool. Um, I don't know if you're listening to this or not, but I want to keep you anonymous. Um, loves WWE, just like me. And we actually got in a great conversation, and we spent most of lunch one day just talking about wrestling. I thought, what a cool dude. you know. So regardless of if he can do something for me or if I can do something for him, I'm not trying to sell him. I'm not trying to, to build our relationship so that we can one day get to XYZ. I just think, what a great dude to know. Um, into a lot of the same stuff, loves music, loves wrestling, and, and a bunch of other stuff. So I thought, you know, let's just be friends. So I'm pursuing staying in contact and staying in connection. You know, we're texting and talking and this and that. But I thought, well, yeah, I want to build a relationship. I want to build a friendship. So some people are a client. Some people are a friend. Um, some people might fall into a, a JV category, a joint venture, right? So I meet this person and think, ah, oh, they could be a referral source for me. 
and I could be a referral source for them. We could do something together, maybe stage trade. They speak on my stage. I speak on their stage, um, whatever that is. Or if, again, you have a podcast or a workshop, I think this person could be a guest potentially, or I could be a guest on theirs, which kind of falls in a JV too. So think, are they a client? Are they a friend? Are they a JV of some kind? Or here's the truth is, and if you're single, I suppose it could be, hey, maybe I could date them. That's possible too. But outside of those possibilities, honestly, like what else is there? Here's what else there is. It's all the people that we don't have the courage enough to put them into a category of what what circle they're going to be in in our life. Are they going to be in the client space? Now, can you be friends with clients? Sure, right? No problem. But they're still in the client circle. I have a lot of clients, students, customers, whatever you want to call them, that I really like. I really enjoy having conversations with. Um, I'd call many of them friends as well. But I don't put them in like just my personal friend category because they belong in the client or the student category. Does that make sense? So what's the circle they're in primarily? Ask yourself that question. And then treat the people in that way as much as possible. If it's a client relationship, keep it professional, right? Continue having the conversation of leading them towards, you know, know, walking down that prospect road, leading towards hopefully um, a a sale or, or consulting or whatever you're doing. All right. Um, never leave the conference with a bunch of business cards thinking, hey, quote unquote, who knows where it'll go. That is a disaster. I'll tell you where it's going to go. Nowhere. Where are you going? Nowhere. Points. If you know what that is, tweet me at Matt Browning. Let me know if you know that quote. Where are you going? Nowhere. All right. Key number three to get the most out of attending conferences. And this I see misused so badly. Make the most out of breaks uh, after the seminar, after the conference, before the conference, lunchtime. Just make the use out of everything. So on breaks, here's what I think, right? If I'm attending a conference, and I'm not talking about just stopping in for a minute or the times when I go to a conference and I speak, you know, sometimes I arrive the morning of, I try to get there. If I'm, if I'm speaking and I can't be there for the whole thing, which is pretty often with my schedule, I like to try to get there at least a segment before if possible, get the temperature of the room, uh, go on stage and speak in the next section. And then I like to stay at least one extra section, maybe till the following break, right? So there's a break after I speak, then I'll sit through another section and hang out a little bit, and then I'll have another break. So if you're doing something like that, it's obvious you, you, you use the breaks to enroll people in, in your gifts or in your offerings. Um, but I'm talking about like if you're attending a conference like I'm doing here, right, for three and a half days. What I say is when when the host, whoever's presenting, says, all right, let's take a 15-minute break. Come on, you know, go get your coffee and go to the restroom and come on back in 15 minutes, ready to go. At that time, that's not the time. Here's what most people do. They go to the bathroom. They come back. They get a cup of coffee. And then they check their email on their phone or Facebook or whatever. And they use the break <laughs> to take a break. Don't use your breaks to take a break. Look, look, we are our mover. Like if, if you're if you're in my audience, if you are you're one of my tribe, you get it. Like you want to move, you want to make things happen, you want to create something. Um, you're 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 an artist. Like you know you're working on it. So don't use your break. You sat for ninety minutes in a conference or in, in a lecture. You've already had a break. 
right? If you really want to, I mean, you know, depending on the room, it could be rude, of course, so, you know, don't, uh, don't grill me on this, but if you need to check something, you could check it. If you need to step out for a minute for that quick phone call because someone in the office, you know, something's burning down or, or a quick text message, you can do that kind of during maybe a session or something. When it comes to a break, though, use that time. So, um, you know, maybe, you know, if you got to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom, but, even in the bathroom, you could, you know, don't get me wrong. You don't want to like sit, you know, stall to stall saying, hey, what brought you to the conference? You know, can you pass the toilet paper under? Don't do that. But, you know, like you're at the sink and you're, you know, you could chat with someone. And all of a sudden, hey, oh, how are you enjoying the conference? Oh, so what brought you out here? Blah, blah, blah. And you start talking to someone and you start finding out, could this person be a client, a referral? Could they be a friend, a JV? Um, uh, are they going to book me? You know, what's the deal? And, and, you, and you find out where they land. But you find out on breaks. You find out after the conference. As soon as it ends, even if it ends at, at 7, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, you're already there anyway. And you're probably staying at the same hotel. Hopefully you are. Like, here, that's a tip. Stay at the dang same hotel. You don't want to waste a bunch of time traveling back and forth to save 30 bucks. Um, it's worth it to stay. But at the end, there's usually people that go out to the restaurant or go to the bar. Well, head over to the bar. Whether you drink or not doesn't matter, right? Go get a club soda, hang out. And when you have sometimes, I've found places like in the last podcast conference I went to, you know, it would be afterwards kind of the bar lobby area. And there was like, you know, six people sitting around and then eight and then 12. And it was a whole kind of after party sitting around there. And that was the time. The funny thing is, that's when I, I made the best relationships. And I got to know a ton of these uh, prolific podcasters. And I'm real grateful for those. And we have a lot of relationships that have been building. But it was all because I stayed after for like an hour and a half, two hours um, in the lobby bar area and just got to know people. So I do that at a lot of conferences. Um, if there's a breakfast or something, you know, get up early. Don't sit in your room to the last second and be late. Um, show up early. Go, to, go at 7.30 down to the breakfast thing. You'll probably see a few people there. Or go to the room early, grab a cup of coffee, walk around, see the sponsors, see the speakers, see whoever else is there. Uh, and the last piece for that is sit somewhere new each time. So for every single session, what I like to do is I like to, instead of coming back to the same seat every time, get up and move. See, when I sit down, maybe like at a, one of those round cocktail, uh, cocktail tables, banquet tables. When I sit down at one of those round banquet tables that hold, you know, eight or 10 or 12 people, usually in general, you're not going to have them filled with 10 or 12, you, but you might have six or uh five or, or eight maybe but when you're sitting there you tend to you kind of get to know the couple of people around you right you say hey how are you um, some basic introductions and then as like a session goes on there might be a little like a joke that someone says or you know someone says something for stage and you look and what do you do right just like in a movie theater you look at the person next to you and you want to see if they're laughing too and you go oh my gosh that was so good and, and you start to kind of build a rapport and a bond with the people around you so by the time the break hits, one of the first things I'll do is you can get up from the table or not even get up and turn to that person you've been kind of building rapport and connecting with and saying, hey, so what brought you here? And you can actually have a real conversation for two or three minutes before you get up and go to the bathroom. Make sense? Good. And then now that's already a relationship. So why sit there for three freaking days? Instead, when you leave and you have some conversations in the hallway, when you come back, sit in another spot and then, you know, meet someone else. And pretty soon you can actually get through, you know, close to half the room. All right. Key number four to get the most out of attending conferences. Are you ready?
This is my favorite. As you might imagine, it's going to be my very favorite. Key number four is get on stage. Get on stage early. Get on stage often. Even if it's brief, it'll open up connections. So any excuse to get on stage or get in front of a microphone. Um, I know there's... I know there's teachers that, or coaches, whatever you want to call them, that, that teach this strategy. And I agree with it somewhat for sure. You don't want to be overly, annoyingly promoty if you get on the microphone. But let's start with getting on stage. So getting on stage, here's how it works. Take this event, for instance. I'm talking about New Media Summit in Austin, Texas. When I went in March, I had two minutes in front of the room because that's kind of that's the way Steve sets up the event. There's 40 icons of influence that are all people with prominent podcasts, and we're all willing to book guests that are in the room. Then there's 150 other attendees, and each one, at some point over three days, gets two minutes to pitch the entire room, including the icons, um, to be on their show. To say, hey, here's my story, or here's what I teach, and I'd love to come on your show. So I knew I'd have two minutes. So what I wanted to do is I didn't want to, I wanted to make the two minutes count. And I wanted the room to remember who I was. So I was, I was fun. I was funny, I think. Um, and, you know, I just kind of, I just wanted to, to have a good time and get over with the audience, um, tell a brief story, you know, a little bit of my story. And, and at the end of it, everyone was like, oh, okay, that NLP guy, like I remember him or I liked him. And what it did is even having the two minutes I knew it would give me a chance that at that next break, a bunch of people would want to talk to me or go, oh, I love that pitch, or oh, hey, here's a card I want to, maybe you can come on. And that was what sparked probably the most amount of uh, connection that I had at a group level, right? More than just one-on-one at lunch or something. I also knew I wanted to be one of the icons on stage. So what I did is for the next six months, I worked my tail off on this here podcast. And hence, it's 1230 at night. I'm in a hotel room in Austin recording this for you right now because I want you to have this on Tuesday like I promised you. I want this. If this is part of your life, if you have invited me and subscribed and rated and reviewed, right? Because, of course, you would rate and review on iTunes because that really helps the podcast. But if you've subscribed, it's free to subscribe. But as long as you've done that, that means that you get new episodes and you've probably made this part of your life. So I want I want these Tuesday episodes to really bring value to you. Um, and I want to make sure you can get them on Tuesday when you expect it. So I got super committed to the podcast. And it shows because it started growing. Downloads are growing. Subscribers are growing. Ratings and reviews are growing. And then it started growing in the charts. If you haven't saw it, um, check out um, either check out my Instagram or my Facebook, whatever one you follow, uh, at Matt Browning on Instagram or on Facebook. And you know how to spell my name, right? B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G. And I just put a post of a snapshot of the top charts in business. It was really cool. Uh, it showed, I think it was, I might have the number off, but I think it was like number 21 or something was above me. It was Michael Hyatt, which is a pretty big deal. Then me... Then Tony Robbins was next. Then TED Talks Business was after that. So it was Michael Hyatt, Matt Browning, Tony Robbins, TED Talks. And I'm like, I just freaked out and I thought, this is amazing. So at this point, my friends, I said, I'm committed no matter what. I'm going to keep just doing this for you. As my friend, not my friend, but I wish he was my friend, Stone Cold Steve Austin says, I'm going to open up two cans of whoop-ass for you every single week. Uh, No matter what, that's what you get with the podcast. All right, so get on stage. So I want to get on stage, 
And so I, I worked at it, I worked at it, and then Steve saw that my podcast was growing all because of you, and he invited me to come as one of the icons, and now, of course, I get to be on stage at the event, which is really what I wanted. I don't like to just attend whenever I can be on stage. So attend if you must, but try to get on stage in some way, somehow, if you can. Don't do a lame way. Don't be like someone who shows up to like be one of the dancers on stage. Hey, that's cool. Like if you want to do that, that's totally cool. I'm not, you know, poo-pooing it too badly. But that doesn't give you prestige. So my point is, try to get onto the stage somehow, or a stage, a breakout stage, whatever, in the most significant or most um, prestigious way, credible way possible. Okay. So like I like to go to conferences, and sometimes you'd be shocked. Sometimes like some of these um, larger uh, like expo conferences, they'll have like breakout stages available. If, I, I've paid as little as $150 to sponsor a 30-minute talk on a breakout stage at a large expo. Now, here's what's neat. What did that two, $150 do for you? I don't care if you have an audience of three or 3,000. If you could pay a little money and then now you're a breakout speaker, everywhere you go, even if they didn't see you speak, you could say, oh, hey, yeah, oh, nice to meet you. I'm Matt. Oh, so yeah. So, and they say, oh, what are you doing here? And you go, well, I'm speaking later today um, for a breakout. I'm speaking here. I'm speaking there. I went to the National Speaker Association, the NSA Winter Conference in, uh, where was that? D.C. No, Baltimore. I apologize, Maryland. Um, it was in, in Baltimore in February. And I sponsored the event. I paid some money. I had a table. And I got a full hour or so at, uh, at a breakout just uh, at the very beginning of the conference. But what was great about that is everyone I met, you know, my name badge said Matt Browning, NSA member, and then it had speaker as a ribbon underneath. So everyone I met, I said, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I'm, I'm a speaker here. Or I spoke this morning on NLP and leveraging NLP from stage. And what happened is in people's eyes, every when they met me, it shifted. It wasn't like one of the many attendees. There's only a handful of people who spoke or were on stage. So do whatever you can, whether it's a paid sponsorship, whether it's a stage trade or some kind of a, a add value thing, or even if it's a, a couple of minutes. Okay, I'm going to shorten this one up. The last piece, though, is if you can't get on stage, one of the great things, the basic thing you can do is at least try to get on the microphone once. So I love this. So when someone asks a question, someone on stage asks a question, and you know it's going to be a microphone answer, what inevitably happens is people are very reticent to get up at first, and then halfway through, everyone else gets up the nerve. So what will happen is one or two people will get up initially, and then after a minute, and the first person's talking, the second person's talking, then like six or ten more people will get up to the microphones, and now there's no issue, right? So you want to ask a question early. Um I guess that's all I'm going to say about that. Ask a question early and stand up. You know, you stand up, you get you get the microphone in your hand, and then every time you ask a question in a big room, you should at least at the very minimum say your name and or your company and or what you do. Don't make it a commercial. That's annoying. But if, you, if you're going to make it a commercial, do it tongue-in-cheek and, and be playful about it. Don't be like someone who really is trying to be overly salesy. You know, so I might say something like, Oh, uh, hey, 
Um, hey, I have a question for you. Uh, Matt Browning, I have Evolution Seminars, NLP Training Company, Orange, California. Anyone looking for NLP? I'm your guy. Anyway, <laughs> but you know, and I kind of make it like uh, I'm I'm playfully plugging, but I laugh about it, you know, so they know I'm not being too serious. But yet, I still kind of got my plug in. That would be the extreme if you want to say all that. At the minimum, you say something like. Yeah, um, Matt Browning, uh, I run NLP trainings and workshop. Or I, uh, let me say it again. Hey, my name is Matt Browning, and I run NLP certification trainings in Orange County. And I have a question about running live workshops. You know, what's your take on X? So you want to you want to start by saying something about who you are, what you do, or what the company is. Just uh, just so everyone in the room now heard at least you. They saw your. They heard your name, and they went, "That's interesting." The second part of this is the most important, though. The second part, you have to actually ask a question, and it should be good. Don't ask a dumb question. And certainly, don't like plug yourself for 60 seconds and then ask a question like, um, yeah, so I guess I guess I said all this stuff about me, and I kept talking about me, and at the end of it all, they said, is, do you have a question? And you go, yeah, I guess, um, do you agree with everything I just said? And the person goes, yeah, um, yeah, I guess. Okay, great. Isn't that terrible? You know, so, so don't be that person that, that doesn't really ask a question and just kind of talks about yourself. Ask a good question that you want the person to give you a real good answer. I'll give you another example of this. Um, when I was back at, at the um, my friend Julie May's uh, event, the Joyful Living Conference in Utah, a little plug for Julie. Um, she does these uh, routinely. So this was in Vernal, Utah I went to, the one with Kirk Cameron. And I didn't get a chance to meet Kirk before. In fact, I spoke earlier, and then he came the next day, so he didn't see me on stage. So I wanted to make sure I connected with him. He knew I was a speaker, right? And there was other speakers that spoke before him and after him. But at lunch, there was like a VIP Q&A, and I knew what would happen, right? I knew I wanted to have a nice question for him so I could have some interaction, but I wanted to ask a question early on before everybody else finally got their courage up to start asking questions because at the end, it was like you know 12 hands up, and we only have time for two more. So in the beginning, it was literally, okay, anyone have a question? And it was like one little resident hand. So I just put my hand up right away. I was like the first or second question. And and I grabbed it and I said, hey, Kirk, uh, my name is Matt Browning. And um, and then I shared just a little bit, right? I said, you know, I, I, I'm a coach and I run uh, a, certi- um, a certification and coaching and training company. And then I said, because he's a Christian, I, I said, my wife and I also volunteer pastor our church. And I was curious on what your take is. And I shared, I feel like I've been struggling with something. I shared kind of being pulled in a faith direction and then being pulled in the business direction. And I'm not sure if I need to combine the two or kind of have two separate worlds And I just, I'm not, or move from one to another. And I said, it seems to me as I watched your career that you went from mainstream entertainment and you made a decision and you moved into Christian entertainment because I saw you with these movies and shows and so forth. And I said, could you comment on that? What was your process? So what I did is I told him a little bit about me. So we started a good conversation. And then I, I asked him about him and his life. And then I asked him what I thought was a pretty thought-provoking question and a good question so he, so it wasn't something that I knew the answer to. I said, what is your take on that? How did you do this? Or did you do that at all? And his answer surprised me. He said, I didn't actually change on purpose. Um, it, it, yeah, it was fascinating. What he said was, I didn't make a decision to only do Christian entertainment. He said, what happened, though, is people began to know what I was into, and they knew what I was all about. 
So when people were, someone was doing some kind of a, a Christian uh, entertainment project, I was one of the people they might have asked if I was interested, and I usually was. He said the other thing was you can say yes and no to all sorts of things, and since I'm pa- I'm more passionate about that, I tended to say yes to more of those. So it was interesting, right? He said it wasn't a thing that I, I decided I'm only going to do this, but his passion led him down that road. And so, of course, when I went up to, to chat with him, I told him that I have a top-rated iTunes uh, podcast. I'd love to have him on and plug his latest movie and, and book and everything. So I'm still working on getting him on. So if you know him uh, or if you're on social media, tweet Kurt Cameron uh, and let him know that uh, that Matt Browning would love to have him on the show and that we would give him a lot of love and support, and I think it would be really cool. All right, so that's number four. Get on stage, at least get on the microphone. Just get some exposure, you know. Get exposure to the group, and that's going to, to, to elevate your status and to get you more known. And what will happen is it will also open up more conversations. You'll be in the bathroom washing your hands, hopefully not at the stall. You'll be at the coffee tea line. You'll be wherever, and someone goes, oh, hey, yeah, I'd love what you said up there, or I love that question. Hey, can I ask you? And people will start conversations with you. So that's key number four. And let's wrap it up with key number five. Key number five, the fifth and final and most awesome way. Are you ready? This is so great to get the most out of attending a conference. A drum roll, please. Man, I'm not a drummer, but here we go. Bring a journal and keep the final page of your journal. This is so key. This changed my life. Keep the last page of your journal reserved only for single action items. So here's what I do. And I've done this differently. Now I've changed over time. Um, one of my favorite coaches of all time was coaching me on TV and media right now, Clint Arthur. I always give him credit for this because it was his idea. Um, he came up with the idea that I share now at my seminars as well about writing concepts and ideas for your notes on a whole page in a journal. So what most people do is they write notes and they try to fill up as many uh, as much space as possible. And what, what Clint taught, I fully agree with this, is put one idea on one page. So write one idea as big as you can across a whole page, a whole page. And then when you have another idea, it's like a bumper sticker or a meme or, you know, um, leadership is making tough decisions when no one else will. Oh, that's so good. And when you say that to yourself, don't just write it down. Write it on a whole page. And then you flip the page and the next thing you write on the next page. So hopefully what will happen is you'll have a journal that, pretty much gets filled with every conference or seminar you go to. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like just get more journals. That's really cool. And what will happen is you mark it, you know, this was New Media Summit, um, you know, September 2018. I'd fill up a whole one from this weekend. I probably will. But on the last page, you reserve that for a list. The list is single items, single lines, single actions. So, of all the different ideas and concepts, and you, you can leave, man, if you're like me, you can leave a workshop, a conference, or a seminar with so many ideas. And you're like, ooh, that's really good. That's cool. Oh, I could do this. I need to think about that. I need to brainstorm. I need to talk to my team. I need to whatever. Only flip to the last page when you have an item that's a to-do item that you go, oh, I need to now research and add this to what I'm doing. Or I need to... Um, sign up for this service in my website, whatever it is. 
The concept, though, is on your last page, you only have a 1 through 10 list. Maximum, and I don't think 10 is probably too much. 5 is ideal, but 10 is your very most. Okay, No more than 10. See, if you just leave with a journal full of ideas and should-dos and whatnot, you probably won't actually implement anything. So if you really want to be a king or a queen of implementation, here's what you do. Write all your ideas on a page, but when it's an idea that you know you need to do something about, and it can be a single action, meaning you, you can sit down one time and you can do this thing, and after a certain length of time, it'll be done. Flip instantly to the back page of your journal, last page, and write number one, you know, mark research this in the market. Or number one, um, email this person and tell them we're changing it or whatever it is, right? Here's an item I got to do. And then you flip back to where you are and you continue on taking notes. And what will happen is over the course of like three days at a conference, you probably realistically will get like five to ten things max that are actual implementations that you're going to do for real. And the other trick with this is the ten things you should you should schedule to apply them and do them within either the next month or the next quarter. Okay. If there are bigger things, you might give it to, you know, over a quarter if you need to, you know, maybe it's we need to transition into this new system and that might take, you know, a good two or three months. because uh, there's some planning that goes into it, depending on the size of your organization, obviously. Uh, but some, some items are going to be a, a one-stop shop. It's like, ooh, I need to go buy those special running shoes because that's going to fix my knees because someone told a random story about it. So you write down, get those special running shoes, and that's it, right? You just go on Amazon, and, and you order them. You're done. So that's the fifth key is keep the last page only for to-do items, and don't leave to-do items underlined and highlighted and circled randomly throughout your entire journal or notebook. Um save the last page just for the to-do items, and you keep flipping back to it over and over again. Um, side note, I've, I've been doing this for years, I'll also take another page, like maybe the first page, and you know, like I'll, I'll open the cover up and on the back of the cover, right, right, right away, I'll make that my book and movie and resource page. You know, sometimes at a conference or workshop, you hear people reference a great book that you have to read or an uh, awesome quote, and they'll say, oh, this movie is such a great metaphor for X. Oh, if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. It's so good. And you think, oh, I want to see that movie. That sounds great. Where do you write it down? You probably write it down wherever you are in the notebook. And if you're like me and you attend an NLP seminar, by the time you go from the beginning to the end of the notebook, somewhere throughout there's a bunch of references to books and movies and resources and supplements and websites and just all sorts of different things that you want to check out at some point. They're not to-do lists. They're not action items. They're just references and resources and things you want to check out. So what I do is I make a references and resources list at the front, right? So it's, it's something you can get to really easy. And the reason I make it the front, the first page or the last page, is wherever you are in the notebook, if someone gives you another book reference or a supplement reference or a website reference, you just flip back to the front and you write it down underneath the last one. And you fill that one page full of references. And then you flip to the very end. And that last page is only full of to-do. So whenever you think of a new thing you're supposed to do or apply um, or, or integrate, you flip to the end and you write that down too. So I hope that helps. The five keys, my five keys, Matt's five keys to get the most out of conferences. Number one, start with the end in mind and what's your specific outcome? What's the purpose of going in the first place? 
clients, referrals, to get exposure, for learning, to get JVs, what was it? And go with that in mind. Key number two was have a slot for every person to fall into and avoid the trap of thinking who knows where it'll go. No, you decide where it'll go from the beginning and certainly be open to things changing, but go with the slots in mind. Number three, make use of all the breaks and all the in-between times, the beginnings and the end, and sit somewhere new each time. Key number four, get on stage. And if you have a speaking spot, try to get your speaking spot earlier in the weekend rather than later. I, the, one of the things I hate doing is having a sponsor table at an event, and I don't speak until day three in the afternoon. <laughs> I'd rather not have a table because then everyone comes up to me one at a time and says, what are you all about? What are you doing? And I don't have any prestige whatsoever. If I can go speak on stage the first day, then I go to the table afterwards and people go, oh, you're the one who's on stage. You're a big deal. I'd like to talk to you. So that's key. If you're going to get on stage, get on stage early. If you can't get on stage, at least get on a microphone if at all possible. Try to get some kind of interaction with the group. And key number five, first page of your journal or your notebook is for resources or, or um, what did I say? Resources or the word is already like it's floating in your mind you're yelling at uh yelling at me right now i'm already going brain dead it's getting late uh, but the first page is for is for resources references that's the word thank you <laughs> and the last page of your journal is for um uh, to do's and single action items that's the five keys so the next conference you go to get out there and crush it enjoy it and come home having really, really moved forward in momentum. Come home, go, man, I got these new contacts, I got six new prospects, or I have a couple new uh, uh, referral relationships, I got this much exposure, or I learned these things, I'm gonna implement X, Y, Z. Like really come home with some tangible changes and results because you applied these five keys. So enjoy that for your next conference, and who knows, maybe you're gonna do this over the next three days with me because maybe you're listening to this and you're listening to this at the lunch break at the first day of the conference that I'm at right now. Who knows? Have an awesome week. Uh, enjoy it. As usual, get out there and do something great for yourself and for others and just crush whatever it is you do. Do it well. I'll talk to you Friday with an awesome interview. Ooh, and I'm not even going to tell you who it is yet because I'm still picking. I have... Uh, I have about a dozen interviews right now that I've been holding on to uh, that I've done over the last couple of months. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit and see over the next couple of days uh, what resonates the most. I'm very excited, though, because all of them are awesome. And I'm going to bring my favorite and my most relevant interview for this Friday. So don't miss it. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And I'll talk to you in a few days.